Welcome to Decisive Point, a U.S. Army War College Press production featuring distinguished authors and contributors who get to the heart of the matter in national security affairs. Decisive Point welcomes Dr. Tim Hoyt and Dr. Pamela Holtz, authors of U.S. Army Suicide Challenging Prevailing Models, featured in Parameters Winter 2020 issue. Dr. Hoyt is a clinical psychologist with the Defense Health Agency's Psychological Health Center of Excellence, and Dr. Holtz is a clinical and aeromedical psychologist currently serving on active duty with the 2nd Combat Aviation Brigade, 2nd Infantry. Welcome to the Slice of Point, Tim and Pamela. To be clear, your article on suicides in the U.S. Army challenges the perception that the Army's suicide rate has gone up in recent years, but you are not saying the Army does not have a suicide problem, correct? Right. So each individual death by suicide is a tragedy, and leaders at all levels should be doing everything that they can to intervene on an individual basis with soldiers to ensure that we can prevent these deaths. There's so many of those opportunities to intervene at the command level and for us as clinicians as well to make sure that empirically supported treatments are being used to reduce those suicide rates. The difficulty lies in strategic leaders not having a clear picture of what the actual trends are with regard to these suicide rates in the military. Okay, and then how would you explain the gap between the perception that suicide rates are increasing and the reality? So I think it really comes down to the fact that strategic leaders must not be swayed by narratives in popular media presenting suicide as a rampant problem that is rapidly increasing or that is well above the national rate for the U.S. population. Now, these are really inaccurate statements, and although they may bring attention to this critical issue, these kinds of statements work against a strategic plan for reducing suicide deaths. There's not a steadily rising suicide rate among soldiers. Rather, the suicide rate for the Army has not significantly changed since about 2011. There have been some ups and downs uh, with annual rates ranging from 23 to 30 per 100,000 soldiers. But all of these rates are within the same statistical margin of error. Similarly, the military suicide rate is not well above the national rate for the U.S. population. In fact, when adjusted for the fact that the Army has a greater proportion of men and is overall younger than the U.S. general population, there's no difference in civilian suicide rates. There have been select years when there's a slight statistical difference, but even then there's only a one-hundredth of one percent difference between the two rates. So strategically, if we were to pursue a hypothetical prevention strategy based on these kinds of unadjusted comparisons, the solution might be to limit enlistment to only women, to only persons over age 24, or only persons with a four-year college degree. Although these strategies would really reduce the military suicide rate, they're likely not in line with the realities of the mission. Okay. And lastly, let me ask what prevention and treatment programs have you found to be most effective in helping the Army address this problem? So the most effective strategy that we've found has actually been developed by former military officers, and that is the Individual Crisis Response Plan or the Safety Plan. This safety plan is developed in collaboration usually with the clinician, the service member, and the command to ensure that it's realistic and helpful in reducing stress, but also managing that distress when it arises. And the hope is that this is something that the service member has with them and keeps on them for use in moments of crisis. 
In addition to that, leaders can know their service members and know what's going on in their life and assist them in managing the stress that's going on. So, for example, if a soldier is having a pay issue, the leader could help the service member manage that pay issue before it becomes a suicidal crisis. Also, stigma. There are a lot of barriers in the military to seeking care, and the primary one is often a belief that going to behavioral health will negatively impact that service member's career, when in fact it's often a failure to go to behavioral health when behavioral health services could be helpful that is more likely to negatively impact that service member's career. So more open discussions about that duck point, if you will. And finally, just access and availability to firearms. Oftentimes, soldiers have those firearms in their homes readily available, and that's one of the primary barriers to suicide is making sure that those firearms are not readily available in times of suicidal crises. Oh, great. Well, these are very, very important points, and I want to thank you both, Tim and Pamela, for sharing your time and your insights with us, and we wish you the best of luck in your further research. Thank you so much.